The Paso County DEC is providing this podcast as a public service in order to let you know more about the issues and ideas which Democrats have identified as being very important for voters and also to provide a forum for Democratic candidates for office. Our podcasts are open to anyone interested in how Pasco Democrats are dealing with the important issues of the day. You can check out our PascoDems.com website and also on Facebook, Pasco Dems, and the views expressed by the guest and host on our podcast are their own. Not the views of the Pasco County Democratic Executive Committee. And today we have a candidate for Newport Ritchie, Florida Mayor, uh, Kate Connolly, who has been a resident of uh, Newport Ritchie area for many, many years. And uh, we're going to talk today about why she is running for mayor. So, Kate, I'm going to turn it over to you for a moment. You can just introduce yourself a bit, and then let's talk about whatever you want to talk about in terms of why you're running. Perfect. Thank you so much, Cal. This is an honor. Um, really happy to be here because I love the podcast format in particular, and I've listened to a few of yours, and they're just fantastic uh, inside looks at the people involved in our community. Um, I'm thrilled to be running for mayor as well. As you said, I've lived in the area for a long time. I primarily grew up in Turpin Springs and greater Newport Ritchie area. I spent a lot of time in my youth coming downtown, and it has changed a lot. <laughs> when I was growing up, it was a bit of a ghost town, um, not so you know safe in some areas, and not necessarily you know enough businesses or people to support the downtown or the greater Newport Ritchie area. But now it's completely different. It's thriving, and we are quickly growing into, I think, one of the best destinations in Tampa Bay, Florida. I also have found that in all of my time living throughout the Tampa Bay area, I went to college at USF, Go Bulls, um, and have worked in Tampa and St. Pete, as well as the local Newport Ritchie market with many clients that we just have one of the best communities, and I really wanted to step up and get involved, uh, you know, keep the positive conversations going, ask some more hard questions, and really be a face for those that also want to get involved in their community, the younger generations, uh, the more diverse generations, more females. You know, our, our current council only has one female, and she's pretty recently elected, so I'd love to join her. But I'll go ahead and stop there. Okay. Well, one of the things that I uh, just mentioned right away is that when my wife and I moved to uh, to Florida in 1994, we rented a house down in uh, Gulf Harbors. And I remember going oh, up, I think I went up to a barber on, on Main Street on 19, and uh, <clears throat> on 19, and we were talking, and I said, gee, has it cha- how long have you been here? And he said, 30 years. And I said, oh, it must have changed a lot. He turned my chair around to go face across 19. He said, see that? 30 years ago when I started here, I could look right down to the Gulf. And that, you know, probably brought to me, uh, you know, very quickly just how much uh, things had changed in the uh, Newport area uh, yes, over these years. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now, Even um, the, the view of the river and everything that's going on downtown, it continues to be an important conversation. But you right. know, I, I feel it the most on the roads. Uh, that's also something that I'm pretty passionate about, you know, more transit options in our city, as you mentioned earlier, golf carts. And with our current structure, I found that, you know, during the busy parts of the day, just driving down the road, let's say US-19, 
it's double the amount of time than when I find myself driving home from school or I go to mm-hmm. law school. Uh, and it's half the time, you know, and I've heard from longtime residents that they used to drive down to Clearwater Beach in 10 minutes, you know. So <laughs> right. Obviously, we've, we've come a long way. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. Now, listen, how are you going to revitalize neighborhoods and why does one want to revitalize neighborhoods? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Um, I've long had a passion for preserving the historic aspects of neighborhoods based on architecture and other, you know, sweet, charming elements of an older Florida, which is something that I think we really need to focus on in Newport Ritchie as we evolve our planning and focus from the downtown, the core downtown area where we've had a lot of focus and a lot of improvements into those neighborhoods. And as you said, creating more access points to the neighborhoods so more people from, you know, within our neighborhood that have lived here for a long time can safely go to downtown on their golf carts, on their bikes, on foot if not in their cars, and, you know, more importantly, connecting them to the resources that currently exist, as well as creating new resources for those that may, you know, not be reaping the benefits of the developments downtown, and, mm-hmm. you know, bringing them home to their neighborhoods, you know, improving those sidewalks, improving those streets, making sure it's safe for kids to walk to school and bike to school, making sure that we don't necessarily uh, have to fight for our lives when we're trying to turn on the medicine, let's say, or sending <laughs> yeah. our kids home from school. <laughs> yeah, so, so traffic flow development and management. Now, that's, that's obviously a, a thing not just here but all over the place. But um, how would you – what would you want the uh, city council to do in terms of uh, traffic flow management? Sure. Any- I think the city council is trying – pretty hard to, you know, evolve their thought process on that. Uh, I know the current mayor and other longtime council members have long advocated for road diets, street diets, you know, narrowing roads, making them more like the olden days in the way streets were designed for smaller vehicles or more so people themselves as opposed to the cars. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's challenging on roads like US-19 and portions of that that are within the city limits as that's controlled by FDOT and other parties, state state interests that we don't necessarily have control over. But I think there are two key things that we could focus more on, which is one, developing those partnerships at the county level, at the state level, to ensure that we are thinking, you know, like a a modern city and focusing on people moving in between, you know, Mm -hmm. the neighborhoods, the downtown area and onto those major roads rather than just moving cars to and from commuter routes, you know, and into economic centers that aren't necessarily city of Newport Ritchie, where I think a lot of the major roads cater towards. I also think that we don't necessarily have a bigger picture concept. Uh, We're moving so quickly and we're doing so much, but even in our conversations recently on more bike paths or multi-use paths on Grand Boulevard, we're still kind of determining how that's going to connect to the downtown, let's say, and to greater area bike paths or multi-use paths. And those kinds of things could be, you know, I think laid out at this point. We could have a clear idea of exactly where we want to go if we put our energy there. And we have a lot of resources available to us within the CRA as well as the overall community that is asking for this change and willing to support, you know, better sharing the road with cars or taking some more cars off the road. Okay. And speaking of support, you obviously have quite a few people uh, who are supporting you in your run. So congratulations on that. Let's talk about community policing, which is another one of those hot topic ideas throughout the United States in terms of uh, um, the current problems that uh, we seem to have with, with more crime. What do you mean about community policing? Sure. 
That's a, you know, I think loaded topic on on some people's um, agendas. I really just mean the community members and the police officers knowing each other by name, um, them being, you know, involved in different neighborhoods, maybe having, you know, kind of ambassadors from those neighborhoods that work with the whole city, not just the police, but also with the police to um, ensure that everybody's being treated fairly and that crime is being, you know, addressed and everybody feels safe. Um, I think, you know, from my own experiences, I've born and raised in Florida, but I did live for a few years in Brooklyn when I was a kid, ah. uh, from the time of like two to five years old. And there I experienced, you know, pretty dynamic um, aspect of community policing where I would walk to school with my parents and we knew the police officers that were always on the streets and everything. And whenever there was a major issue, we felt comforted just by knowing them and knowing that they were right. there. That's the kind of thing that I'm, yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, that does um, seem to be a, a huge thing where you've got people who know each other. They have a tendency to support each other as opposed to simply looking at the police and saying, do something for me, but what can I do for you is not really asked. But anyway, now exactly. Let's, yeah, let's well, talk. I was going to say, too, and no pun intended, but, you know, the police get a lot of heat. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that we could, uh, you know, do better with our existing resources. And there have been social issues within the city and obviously the whole nation. Um, but I will say that we only have, you know, about 45, I think it's 44, 46 police officers um, that are, you know, salaried or I believe full-time mm-hmm. if that. And that's to me, not a lot of people for 17,000 or so residents of the city of Newport Ritchie, let alone, you know, all of the traffic that we get on the weekends and special events and everything. So I do think that there's, you know, ways that we could expand um, in order to reach those needs, because I think the city and the police are trying to be more community oriented. They just don't necessarily have, you know, the full infrastructure to do uh-huh. so. Now, speaking of special events, you bring up another topic. How would you try to expand special event and tourism marketing strategies? Yeah, absolutely. We have uh, some amazing events all year long, some of which have been going on for Many, many years, decades, I believe, um, Chasco, you know, so many huge events that bring people to our area. But we still, I think, are figuring out a good process for our localized events or our smaller events, our Tasty Tuesdays, our Rights Farmers Market, you know, and they're all picking up really good traction. But sometimes it's hard for people to even find all that information. The city has been evolving and trying to have a you know, more detailed calendar, which is something I've advocated for since I ran for city council back in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done a little bit better and it is hard to manage. I, I have a communications and marketing background, so I, I know how hard it can be to get all the information out there. But just having a shared calendar where businesses and community organizations, members can submit, you know, unofficial events, uh, but get them on the calendar sooner than later, communicate that with the community, you know, through Organized marketing efforts, uh, regular newsletters, email newsletters, you know, a kind of core communication place in addition to the app that we now have, which I think is great. Um, But in addition to that, I think we've had a big focus with our tourism efforts on bringing new people into the city of Newport Ritchie, which is great. But we have so many people in the greater Newport Ritchie area, all of Pasco County, everything going on in Wesley Chapel, even Zephyr Hills that could be coming here more often. Mm -hmm. Um, And we could be you know, catering towards that, uh, as well as focusing on, you know, the conversion point, I would say, of when a tourism effort becomes something more, like somebody wanting to invest in a business here, or 
move here, which I think yeah. would be great. Uh, so those are the kinds of things that I think we need to focus on. We also don't necessarily have um, a standing public relations or, um, you know, public communications partner oh, at this yeah. time that I'm aware of um, or a dedicated role for that within the city. Mm. I think that can go a long way in more of an organic effort or, you know, just coordinated effort to work with all the great media that we've been getting and everything and really get that out there as opposed to, you know, just paying into <laughs> state funds and things like that. Now, a year ago we escaped Ian, but not by a whole lot. What about efforts to manage yep. storm and flooding impacts? Uh, what do you think the city council should try to work on? Yeah, you you hit the nail on the head, and part of why I've really been focused on that. You know, I feel like it just could have been us at any moment, and it could be us at any moment. And I'm so grateful for all those that jumped to the recovery after Ian and its impacts down south. But it really brought home to me some things I heard on the campaign trail back in 2021 that I still hear knocking on doors today which is, you know, my, my street floods every time it rains. And uh-huh. I've never had anybody from the city respond to me or do anything about it. You know, yet there are other areas in the city that have been getting a lot more attention on that. And we've been going through an update process with our sewer management system and everything. But I think it's more important that we have a clear plan, again, similar to traffic flow management and our street planning, that, you know, we, we can put all the pieces together from that bigger picture plan. Right. And I don't think we necessarily have that yet. And those that are elderly, those that, you know, have lower income lifestyles really don't have the means to do much about it. And they, they don't know the right people to reach out to. And those are the people that we need to focus on. Um, mm-hmm. It also relates somewhat to yeah. some of our issues with our our city lines. You know, they're, they're pretty jagged. <laughs> there are a lot of places, you know, that fall just outside the city limits and may not get the necessary attention because they're county or something like that. That's where, again, we could be partnering better with our county and state resources. In addition to that, I think we could fill in the gaps, you know, um, annex a little bit just to make those lines clearer, which would help with a lot of our community management issues, whether it's property, you know, flooding, or even policing, as I've heard, and ambulance services, where not everybody knows whether or not it's city or otherwise. Yeah. And that's really, really critical because I think the people that are within the city that are near those areas get, get thrown by the wayside as well. Okay. And they're not developing just like the downtown is. Okay. Now, one of the buzzwords these days is transparency. No matter where we look, people are saying, hey, be more transparent. But what does that really mean in terms of what you and uh, Newport Ritchie could be? What does it mean to be transparent? Yes, absolutely. I think um, you put it really well in that it's something we hear a lot about, but it's hard to define. Um, in, in the city of Newport Ritchie, we've had some you know, ongoing issues where I think some people believe that because they're not getting the information they're asking for, something negative is happening. And that may or may not be the case, but when you withhold information or you make information hard to obtain, it leads the public to a level of distrust that is unmanageable and the city and the government cannot serve them properly. So I think it's in everybody's best interest to just answer those hard questions. Um, You know, again, we could be working with public relations partners to do better to get information out there if it's just a matter of, well, it's 
we're happy to share this with you, but you didn't ask or you yeah. didn't know where to find it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also, you know, just being there for the community, having an open door, you know, to have these conversations with the community, setting up more community engagement events, you know, taking that opportunity that you have within the city council meetings to go up to the dais and speak at Fox Pop or public comment into, you know, more of a community setting, you know, the theater or places like that where everybody could come and speak openly and share more ideas. Okay. And one of those things that one wouldn't ordinarily think about, and it, as soon as I read this in your platform, um, I was reminded of World War II and the so-called Victory Gardens. You have something here in your platform about increasing urban gardens for air quality and food security. Why don't you talk about that for a moment? It sounds like a very unique plan. Yeah, absolutely. We have a pretty strong precedent in the city of Newport Ritchie where we actually have had a long-standing urban farming ordinance, so to say. And with that, we have a strong community with uh, beautiful community gardens and also individual urban farms on city plots. You know, um, anybody here can grow a garden in their front yard, which is limited in some major cities to today. Um, and they can grow their own food. You know, they can partner with certain organizations like FarmNet where they can build a garden for you for a very small amount and maintain it for you monthly for a very small amount. And I think just think that's amazing, uh, especially, you know, you mentioned the war. I, I think of all the impacts we had with COVID or, again, hurricane impacts that we could feel more going into the future where we don't necessarily have access to the foods that we expect you know, in our modern world and having more farms like this would be key for that. And then to the air quality point, I just think it would be incredible to have tons of rooftop gardens and, you know, really feel the difference within the city limits, within the downtown core of fresh air and that, that, Gateway to the tropical Florida comes to yeah. life. <laughs> there is a movement afoot to try to stop people from making, trying to make uh, better homes and gardens lawns, and this might be one of the better ways to replace the so-called, uh, you know, lawn and so forth. I guess maybe one more question yeah. before we give you a chance to wrap it up. You talk about sustainability program for grant funds. What is that all about? Sure. Uh, well. Most major cities, um, especially, you know, Tampa and St. Pete, as our bigger Tampa Bay area cities, and even Safety Harbor, Dunedin, I believe Tarpon Springs as well, have these programs for sustainability efforts. Uh, we have our own, you know, environmental committee that can work on these efforts alongside um, either an individual or, you know, somebody that already exists at the city level, maybe at a a representative from the council that is going to specifically work with the existing parties on sustainability efforts, you know, work with developers as they're developing for more sustainability, you know, within the city, more resiliency, Mm -hmm. um, and potentially, you know, increasing our access to more grant funds to do some of these programs, to do more urban gardening, maybe to have a youth program or a cultural center, you know, that's focused on preserving the river or Tampa Bay. And within all of that, you know, I think we would have a huge opportunity to just step up to the next level uh, within the Tampa Bay area and really prove how environmentally focused we are. Okay. Well, I want to thank you now for your time, but is there anything else you'd like to say at this point? No, thank you so much, Cal. You have great questions. This is so much fun. I appreciate it. Uh, we have all of our information online. You can check me out on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash vote Kate Connolly. 
And you can also check out my website, votekateconnelly.com. That's K-A-T-E-C-O-N-N-O-L-L-Y.com. And do you you take contributions? Of course, (laughs) we take contributions up to the max amount of 1,000 by check or online. Um, And if you'd like to donate cash, the max amount is $50. I'm happy to meet with anybody, talk about things, uh, give you a yard sign. Anytime, just reach out. Okay. Thanks a lot, Kate. We'll be in touch. Thank you so much, Cal. Have a great day. Bye-bye.